Welcome to the Sick and Successful Podcast, hosted by Shalinda Kirby, a cervical cancer survivor, and Natalie Supes, a Crohn's warrior since 2007. Our goal is to give you proof that it's not only possible to be sick and successful, but it's possible for you. Dream big and tune in. You can also follow us on Instagram at sickandsuccessful underscore. Here are your hosts. Welcome back, everybody. We're so excited to welcome Martin Trendota to our podcast episode this week. This is going to be an interesting episode, and we are so pumped to talk about it. We've been planning it for a little while, so we're excited to actually get this episode out to you guys. I'm going to give you a quick little intro about Martin. He is a cuddlist trained professional cuddler. So for the last decade or so, he's been working as a certified personal trainer with his business, Mobile Muay Thai. Um, He's also recently been working as a yoga teacher. He has a bunch of different passions that have led him to where he is now. And he has a business called Held to Heal, where he cuddles people who need that touch um, and we're going to get into why it's so important and, and different kind of, I guess, myths about it and just kind of chat. So welcome, Martin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. This is so interesting to me because I think a lot of people may have heard that this service is is offered. It's a thing, you know, we've seen it in the news before. It's been, you know, talked about. But for somebody like myself, the fact that it's available locally here in Winnipeg and Manitoba, I was like, man, Natalie, we got to get Martin on the show because I just I think it's such a neat um, offering because especially with with the fact that right now we're lacking a lot of physical touch and it's become quite apparent especially to somebody like myself that's you know single um, that you know th- that that physical touch can be very like it can improve my mood greatly how did you get into this like how did this start and and how did you decide to start this business uh, well the idea came to me about a year and a half ago when I went to a trip to South America and I'm very fortunate my current situation and and pretty much throughout my whole life I've been surrounded with lots of people uh, lots of platonic human contact and then I went to South America uh, and there was immediately a lack of that for about four weeks I stayed in Colombia and in hostels and there was some human touch a, a hug here and there but substantially less than what I was used to And then I went to Ecuador and I stayed for another month or so with a friend of mine and she and her husband recently got married. And so they were honeymooning and I was house sitting for them. So I was in a little village. Nobody spoke English and I had no friends, no, you know, connections. Uh, So I was just kind of alone by myself for about a month. And yeah, I really started to notice the effects that it was taking. And then I got to thinking, you know, there's this is just a month, two months for me. And there's people who, you know, struggle with this for years of their whole life. So I kind of really saw how valuable this could be. I've always been one to kind of go the unbeaten path in new directions and not so much of the norm of working. So so when I got back, the idea kind of uh, stirred for, for about a year and then I kind of started acting on it. That's so cool. So what are the some of the effects you started noticing? Uh, well, the effects that I was noticing and that many studies link touch deprivation to is an uh, increase in anxiety and depression, uh, aggression, 
stress, violent behavior, uh, even low job performance, poor relational skills. So I was definitely feeling feeling those things even from my short exposure for touch deprivation. I think it's so important for our community, especially too, because when you're sick, especially if you're sick and single, like Shalinda, you obviously had to deal with, mm-hmm. you're not only dealing with like so much stress about your health, et cetera, et cetera. You're not going to be out there looking for a partner or, you know, and, and so just adds so much extra anxiety. If you follow Martin on social media, I like that he has post um, like cuddling myths. And one of them is that cuddling can be a perfect um, replacement for psychotherapy. While therapists often work with mental health concerns, they do not provide platonic touch. So can you kind of speak on that, Martin? Yeah, you know, they're, they're very important uh, therapists of all kinds. They definitely have their place, but uh, there's hard, it's hard to get around the, the benefits of human touch, of platonic human touch. Uh, so. Yeah, it's, uh, and it seems like we've almost sexualized human touch in our society, and we're kind of lacking a, a whole spectrum of beneficial, mutually beneficial contact. I think that's something we really need to get into because it's why I think that when people, I, I noticed some people seeing your business thought that it was a joke and like the the thought of being held by someone you don't know is something that maybe some people laugh at or giggle at because we've sexualized human touch and and it's weird even for some people to get a hug from their parents which sucks um what are your thoughts on that martin yeah definitely you know um, many people have not had appropriate uh, amounts of human contact uh, growing up and yeah that can create a lot of difficulties and uh you know it's it's uh it's a bit different getting human contact even from a family member, it's, you know, it's wonderful, but uh, just to kind of have that hour set aside to look after your needs completely and kind of allow the client to take the session where they feel it will benefit the most has a lot of value that it's, uh, it's difficult to replicate that. On your website, Martin, it says that men are less likely to seek help when it comes to mental health and well-being. And so you specialize in being inclusive of all gender identities and sexual orientations and you even state that you're familiar with the unique challenges that men face in particular and tend to work with a male demographic. Can you kind of tell us a bit, a bit more about that? Because I find that very fascinating that, you know, men, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, absolutely. My, uh, the way kind of business is going right now, it's about 80% male. Uh, so wow. self-identify as male. So yeah, I guess kind of just the way society is at the moment, it's, it's normally not always, but usually it's men who struggle to uh, to gain to get human contact, and oftentimes it's kind of the the men doing the requesting and the getting accepted or turned down, whereas a lot of times it's the women that kind of receive the requests and kind of make the decisions. Uh, so you know, definitely, definitely the fellas are struggling mm, disproportionately. It seems, uh, especially the younger generation you know somewhere between 20 to 30 years old which is where my demographic stands up for the most part at the moment and uh yeah you know we, it's, it's sometimes difficult to seek out help you know we have a kind of a, the, the notions you know man up kind of thing and it's it's tricky to get help as a man sometimes they're 
there aren't as many resources as there could be. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it doesn't surprise me that this is kind of the way my business has gone. That blows me away. It's just something I would have never thought of before, but exciting that men are actually taking that step and looking for help and, and seeking that physical touch and, and reaching out to you. I know for my husband, something that like, you know, even just the society we've grown up is like man up. People say that to women, people say that to men, but like for him, it's something that really triggers him and something that we've learned. Like you, we don't say around here because you, men are brought up or to be strong and not to feel and to blah, 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 blah. And like, that's just not the case anymore. Not that they mm-hmm. shouldn't be strong, but you know what I mean? Absolutely. That that pressure shouldn't be put on them. Absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of the way society has gone. And, you know, truthfully, seeking help in this way is very much a sign of strength. Totally. To, to put yourself in that position to be vulnerable and, you know, to seek help. So let us know how it works. So someone finds your website and then what? Mm-hmm. So, so we usually uh, we connect first on email. We chat, you know, we get a little dialogue going, uh, find out what it is exactly they're looking for, uh, make sure everybody's on the same page. You know, I really reiterate that this is a non-sexual service. I have nothing against seeking a sexual service, but I just don't want to confuse people. So that is, uh, I'm very upfront about that. It's strictly platonic. And then, so we talk through emails a little bit, and then usually we meet in person. So we seek a safe space. Uh, you know, a coffee shop, something like that, to meet and to chat and to just kind of make sure that we're getting that we're getting along, that we're getting the right vibes. You know, I could be a person and my client could be a person, but if we don't jive, if we don't click, then it may not uh, it may not work out for us. But so we meet in person, uh, we discuss the code of conduct, we talk about all the rules. You know, there's a there's there's many guidelines to go through to keep this a safe session mm-hmm. and to keep it beneficial for both parties. And we address any concerns. And so there's a code of conduct, which is kind of a, a staple for every session. And then there is the personal boundaries we discuss. So some people might have personal kind of things like, you know, I don't like being touched here. This feels a little bit too sexual to me. So let's avoid this area. I'm very ticklish here. Or, you know, I have a phobia of feet or whatever it is. You know, we kind of, we create a game plan. We make sure we're both on the same page. And then from there, we schedule a session. And then during the session, are you watching a movie? Or are you just cuddling? Like, what do you guys do? Uh, it's completely up to the client. Many oh. people like to watch a movie uh, or just throw on some, you know, gentle music in the background. Sometimes people like to just stay silent and, you know, just enjoy the moment and, you know, maybe go into a little meditation. And then sometimes people like to chat. And so, you know, it's really up to you. You can toggle back and forth. You can chat. You can fall silent. And my job is kind of to follow your lead. It's Mm -hmm. your time. It's your session. It's about you. Of course, I'm going to make sure I'm comfortable as well. Uh, But, uh, yeah, but it's up to you how, how you want to how you want the session to go. You can choose a position and stay there for the whole time, or you can change positions frequently. You can try many different, you know, modalities of touch, if you will. Cuddling isn't the only thing that you offer as well, Martin. You also offer companionship. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And yeah, they often go hand in hand. So 
sometimes people may want to play a game. Sometimes people may want to do an outing that uh, perhaps it gives them anxiety and they can use some support. And so again, it's very flexible. It's whatever you want to do. So long as the ground rules are being met, mainly that we're on, in an understanding that it's a non-sexual service. Uh, you know, there's a minimum dress code. There's you know, the hygiene practices to follow. So long as these boundaries are being met, we can take the session however we want. It's very customizable. And so with companionship, I mean, on your website, you um, express that, you know, uh, you can run errands, you can be there to talk to somebody if they need it. So what kind of clients are you seeing use your services? Uh, the demographic is kind of all over the place. Like I said, it's uh, it's mostly kind of male, maybe between 20 to 35. Uh, but I'm seeing business professionals who, you know, have dedicated the bulk of their life to advancing some type of corporate ladder. And, you know, they may not have dedicated as much time as other people to, uh, to the social aspect of things, to seeking a relationship. Uh, sometimes I have people who are in a relationship and, you know, they just don't have a certain aspect of touch met with their partner, you know, because of preference. And so, so I come into play then as well. And that's uh, one have, of your cuddling with, myths on your Instagram is that only single people use cuddling services. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, no, it's, uh, the way that it seems to be going, which makes me quite happy is it's almost being treated somewhat of you know kind of like a massage therapy obviously i'm not qualified or i don't claim to do any you know to help people with their physical issues but uh but different modalities of touch are extremely beneficial they release the oxy oxy uh oxytocin chemical from the brain and it helps with your immune system so you know it's just a it's a good health move for people to consider if you're health conscious or looking to become more health conscious. It's interesting to me, the, like the partners, the people who are married or whatever, not single. Cause I just try to picture that myself. And I don't think, I don't see how that would go by. So how do you <laughs> just wait, let me redo that. I don't see how that would work in my marriage per se. I don't know, but like, mm-hmm. I guess we haven't talked about it, but how do you, kind of navigate that situation with a husband or wife, maybe husband's not comfortable or the wife's not comfortable with the husband or they're, mm-hmm. you know, how do you, do you meet with both of them? Uh, well, it would definitely have to start with the conversation with the couple. Yeah. It's not for everybody, like you said, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, but if the couple, you know, can realize the problem or if there's, you know, a kind of a lack in a certain area and they feel like this is an appropriate way to address it, uh, then that's perfect. Especially because you are so professional, right? With the mm-hmm. codes of conduct and dress codes and all of that kind of stuff. It's it maybe our misconceptions come into play, but then you kind of squash those and, and chat with them about the, the benefits and, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of the, the code of conduct is quite thorough to, to make sure that this is truly a platonic session. Uh, and if a boundary gets gets crossed and we know our communication is there we know we're allowed to speak up the second we're uncomfortable for any reason uh you know and yeah, the client is in charge of how it goes so 
I would love for you to share with us some health benefits of physical touch, especially because our community is um, majority people who are chronically ill or, or dealing with some kind of illness. Um, what, what, how could this, this service help them? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the main benefit, and you get this from cuddling as well as massage therapy and hugging and, and any sort of touch modality is uh, the brain is triggered to release oxytocin from the pituitary gland. And that has many, many positive health benefits. It increases the immune system, helps boost the immune system. Uh, there are studies that have linked it to relieving chronic pain. It offers a sense of connection. Uh, it can even improve quality of sleep and the amount of sleep. And yeah, it uh, yeah, helps alleviate anxiety, depression. It's uh, quite, quite important in society today. I 100% agree. I know when I was first starting to date my husband, he would like go to rub my back or something when I was in extreme pain with my flare. And I would tell him to not touch me because I wanted to deal with it myself. I'm an only child, like a loner and like just dealing with myself. And the more we kind of got to know each other, the longer we dated, I realized that him just literally rubbing my back would take the pain from a 10 to a four. Mm. And like now, now with being pregnant, I can be like so uncomfortable in so much pain, everything can hurt. And he can like rub my feet and I can fall asleep. Whereas if I was trying to fall asleep myself, it would take five hours. So it is, I do hundred percent believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very soothing. And you know, we're, we're social animals. We're, we're pack animals. We thrive in communities. We thrive with people. Uh, we don't, we don't do, you know, everyone's different, but we generally don't do well in isolation. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, our times right now show us that even Mm -hmm. more, right? Mm -hmm, Absolutely. There's, uh, you know, depression rates are up, suicide rates are up, uh, domestic uh, disputes, uh, Mm -hmm. domestic violence is up. So yeah, definitely society seeing the repercussions of this. Totally. It's interesting to me as somebody who went through a chronic illness, having cancer and was single that you can literally crave human touch. Like it can be a craving just like you have for like pizza or like, you know, something like that. But I mean, I legitimately craved having that human touch during that time in my life. And because I didn't have it, um, you know, for me now going through something traumatic like cancer Human touch for me, like you mentioned boundaries, Martin, and I kind of want to revisit that because um, I'm not used to being touched because it's been so long. And I know that I'm not the only one who's felt this way. So when you establish those boundaries with one of your clients that seeks cuddle therapy, how, how do you kind of go through those boundaries and establish them? Mm hmm. Uh, so just to backtrack a little bit, uh, the craving that you said, you know, for human touch, it's that has a term now. It's called skin hunger, and it's a uh, it's a very real thing. But uh, but in establishing boundaries, so as I mentioned before, there's the code of conduct that sets the boundaries right off the hop, and this is kind of universal uh, for everybody. You know, the minimal minimum clothing requirement, uh, no hand to genital or breast connection. No exchange of saliva, you know, respectful hygiene. So you have to both practitioner and client must be freshly showered and uh, clean linens and whatnot. So we have these kind of boundaries. 
and then we go into uh, personal boundaries. So, so it really takes a little bit of reflection and it's an exercise in setting boundaries really, because we don't often work on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for instance, some of mine here that, uh, that I have personally and other people may not other practitioners, but so one of my boundaries is, uh, I feel unwell with synthetic perfumes. So I ask my clients to omit wearing synthetic perfumes, you know, a little essential oils, that's no problem. But, uh, but that's one of my boundaries. Uh, some people consider whispering in the ear to be, you know, not too sexual, but for me, it feels sexual. So that's one of my boundaries. And so yeah, with each client, I kind of go through my boundaries. I like kind of get the ball rolling for them to think of their own, you know, what, uh, what makes them uncomfortable? What do they want to avoid? And then on top of that, I make it quite clear that you can change as you go the session so you know if we're doing something and you realize that actually i thought this was going to be nice i thought i'd be okay with it but actually this is uncomfortable for me so you can just set the boundary right then and there so communication is really important in these situations yeah communication is huge there must be an open line of communication which which is nice too because that's something that we don't always practice as well so this is a good situation to practice your personal boundaries And your communication, you know, saying that, speaking up, saying this is making you uncomfortable or what have you. I think this is awesome, Natalie, because, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm realizing that there are so many health benefits to being cuddled and having that skin to skin with someone in a in a platonic way. And also, like you said, for our chronic illness community, like this is fantastic. I totally agree. Are you going to do it, Shalinda? <laughs> <laughs> I might have to try this out. Like, I just, I think, honestly, um, like Martin said, y- there's a lot of exercises in growth, like personal growth within this um, cuddle therapy as well. Like, y- you're being forced to kind of, um, you know, establish what those boundaries are for each person and, and dive deep into what you expect out of a session and um, the healing that comes along with it that can happen as well. So, yeah, I definitely think this is something that I might uh, seek out in the future. And also push through some of our own bound, like not our own boundaries, but something we talk about a lot on this show is pushing through fears or pushing through things that make us uncomfortable, like obviously not in a bad way, but like, you know, I'm sure when we first started talking about this and you thought about it, it, some things made you feel uncomfortable, but pushing through that and seeking the help, you know, you need, even though that first step is uncomfortable, I think is, is really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And having someone obviously as open as Martin to chat. And the cool thing is if you're not in Winnipeg and that's where Martin's located, I'm sure you can Google it. And if you don't jive with the person, like Martin said at the beginning, then uh, there's other people who offer the service. And it's not just like you're going to hire someone to, to hang out with you who you don't like. Yeah, there's a, it, it's nice. It's a, it's still a relatively unknown industry, but it is growing. Uh, so, you know, places like BC and Ontario, they have, I, I've come across, you know, a good handful, half a dozen or a dozen people who are offering this. And same thing in the States, there's uh, more and more places. Uh, not so much in Winnipeg, unfortunately. I'm hoping that by me doing this, it kind of gets the raw ball rolling for other people to try it. Because, for yeah, sure quite a demand for it so what does the pricing look like uh, so for my my pricing it's a hundred dollars for an hour and uh it's it's not a firm price especially not in this day and age that we're kind of living in uh 
I don't want to exclude people because it's too expensive. Although it, it uh, you know, it, it can take a toll on me. Uh, holding I think that that's kind a of fair sp- price for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, yeah, and that that seems to be this the price kind of you know the massage therapy is getting to that price and like uh, you know energy work, which I very much consider this to be energy work, is that yeah. price. And especially if you consider you know I can't do eight hours a day of this. Uh, holding space for somebody and oftentimes people seek me when they have gone through a trauma the loss of a loved one you know perhaps uh, a breakup or something like that it it takes an emotional toll on me to hold that kind of space for somebody oftentimes you know they the client has an emotional response and so I can't work too too frequently really my limit is two clients a day uh, and then I need to, you know, recharge myself and ground myself. So, so that's the reason for the pricing. Uh, for sure. And, and energy work and even not energy work, even just being with someone in that kind of state, you're going to take on that energy. And that's important exactly that, you're, right. that you're not just going from one person to another because all the energies would be mixed. <laughs> exactly. You know, if I took on eight clients at a cheaper rate, then it would become more of a process, you know, just going one after another, after another, but I really, I should be giving each individual my full attention. Exactly. Totally. Yeah, and, so admirable. And then going, thank you. And going off of that as well, you know, especially in this day and age, not everyone can afford this and many people might need this service. Uh, so I, I am open to discussing price with people. Uh, I don't want to exclude anybody who really could benefit from the service who is very much on the same page as me in terms of what the service is. But finances are tricky and you know they can't quite afford a hundred dollars an hour so it is a somewhat of a sliding pay scale uh, at this time so i'm very open to working with everybody to you know to see if we can work something out that's awesome, awesome. um where can somebody get in touch with you martin because i know i mentioned your social media but uh you also have a website yes so yeah my website launched very recently maybe a couple of weeks now i'm very happy with it uh it's called held to heal.com so that's H-E-L-D-T-O-H-E-A-L.com, right? Exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> awesome. So Martin, the floor is yours. What, what would you like to let our listeners know? Is there anything you want to direct them to? Is, yeah. I would encourage people, if you're curious about this, even if you aren't 100% sure if this is for you, uh, I would encourage you to reach out and maybe see if, you know, kind of what you have in mind can be met. Because again, my service is very flexible. It has the guidelines that keep the session very safe. But really, we're open to taking the session any direction you like. So, so if you're good. curious about it, yeah, give it a thought. If you're curious about it, it could be quite beneficial. I've received very good feedback from from the people I've worked with. Everybody kind of sees the benefit of it. So good. I read some of the and reviews some- on your website. And uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have great things to say. So I'm excited to perhaps take you up on, on your services one day. Absolutely. That'd be wonderful. We will let you guys know how that goes on our podcast too. <laughs> Martin, a question we ask all of our um, interviewees is what is what does success mean to you? Success. Okay. Uh, success in this kind of ties along to why I uh, why I chose uh, this cuddling profession uh, but I, I heard of a concept called ikigai some time ago so I, I believe it's a Japanese concept and it's kind of you know if you have these four pillars figured out then you kind of have 
almost like a life purpose. So I think that kind of ties along to success. Uh, so these kind of four pillars are, you know, of, of your life purpose are, if, you know, if, if you're good at it, if it makes you happy, uh, if society needs it, you know, can you earn a living from it? And, uh, you know, and, you know, are you good at it? Do you enjoy it? Can you earn a living from it? And does the world need it? So those kind of four pillars have kind of been guiding me in a direction that I consider successful. So all in all, I think success is uh, happiness. You know, are you content with what you're going? Are you challenging yourself in the appropriate way? So good. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love that. So we will link all of your social media and your website, everything in the show notes below. And thank you so much for joining us today. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening. If you like our show and want to know more, follow us on Instagram at sickandsuccessful underscore. Join us next week for an all new episode.